All right. Welcome to Let's Talk Bikes, baby. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by the Squeaky Wheel Bike Shop. Head over to our new website, thesqueakywheelbikeshop.com, for all your specials and needs for your bikes. All right. Hello, all you bike nerds and cycling fanatics. Welcome to episode number eight. It's been a while. It's like 10 months in, huh, guys? It has been a minute or two. All All right. So this is eight and opinion eight. Um, I'm your host, Bob Vigil. Today we have some shop guys here. We have Paul Avila, the second oldest person at the bike shop. (laughs) I guess that makes me the third oldest, Brian Peterson. (laughs) Brian, yeah, yeah. Because Mike is somewhere around like born like 200 A. D or something? I don't know. I think it's BC. BC. The mid-1900s. Before yeah. cycling. Yeah, something like that. So, feels good to be back. A uh, little bit of a break. Not not intentional, um, but um, life's crazy. Bashat's been crazy, so it uh, does feel good to be back, back in here. A little stressful to get here, but we're here. So, um, welcome, guys. What do you guys think about the, the break? Too long, huh? It has, yeah, definitely, definitely been a minute. Hopefully, we can knock some rust off here and not sound like total amateurs. My biggest yeah. fear, it's just like, oh, God, it's been a while. But well, here we go. So right. um, we'll just dive right into it. One of the things sure. that I kind of had on top of my list was um, one of the probably the most common thing asked for right now in terms of bikes, that new Trek Fuel EXE um, trail bike, 140 rear, 150 front. Got that new TQ transmission system, battery um man it's pretty rad um just a few stats for you guys um the the top of line 9.9 has a new super deluxe shock with that airwiz technology which is cool um so you can kind of keep track of your air imagine on your on your phone and on your app um yeah if you already have the shram app it'll sync up with that yeah it's pretty pretty cool and then quick stats like 360 watt hour battery cool led display in the top tube come you get a little app to kind of monitor that too is um, it does have a range extender up to 160 watt hour, but that 360 watt hour batteries, you know, probably not enough for everybody, but probably most good enough for some. Um, what do you guys think about, about that? Like the battery and the, the motor? I mean, I know we, we haven't seen one personally, but it's definitely something that we're interested in. Um, what's, what's your take on that, Brian? Uh, definitely an exciting bike. I mean, it's, uh, you know, lightweight, you know, relatively for an e-bike, you know, 40, 44 pounds, depending on the build. Uh, you know, the suspension travel numbers, but it's square into that trail bike area. It definitely looks like a really fun bike. Yeah, definitely right up my alley too. I, I know Paul is the hardtail guy, but, yep. um, what, what do you, what's your take on, on, uh, we'll get a little different direction with you. Cause you're a hardtail guy. Like what's your take on like this e-bike thing and the, the shorter travel and does that appeal to you at all or. Oh yeah, totally. Cause they, you, the number of e-bikes that I see on, or we all see on the trails now, especially people come to the shop ride, there's more and more and more of them. So I, they're not going away. So it's, it's one of those things where even if you don't get on board, that's fine, but everyone else is and come to the dark side. Yeah, they're, they're good. I, like I was it. like, please, can I just have a mid fat tire, uh, yeah. backpacker hardtail with a, yeah. I, I <laughs> with a TQ he, motor, I, please. Yep. Maybe something like uh, uh like the uh, what's that that big fat like the eleven twenty I think that big fat tire touring bike yeah. with a motor on it. He's like, can I get three nice. range extenders? Yep, strap them all <laughs> over. Zero travel, carbon fork. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty cool. Definitely hot. If you guys haven't seen it, 
Uh, I heard about it. Head of our trekbikes.com. You can kind of check out all the stats and all the cool stuff. It is definitely supposedly one of the hottest bikes you can get. Really quiet, quiet motor. Um, definitely get a good range with the extender. Good snappy trail bike feels what it looks like on the numbers, huh, Brian? Yeah, definitely. And really excited to see where this motor technology goes. I mean, it's such a small motor compared to anything else out there, but still putting out decent, uh, you know, decent numbers, like 65 Newton meters of torque on that, I think, for, you know, so it's not super strong, but it will definitely help you. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we're just really seeing the start of something new here for sure. And that lighter weight, it would be easier to move around. Yeah, too. I think it's like 44 pounds at the heavy range. Or yeah. That's, so. the, that's 44 in the heavy and yeah. sub 40 for that XTR build. I think this appeals to me more than anything, even though originally when we, when you bikes coming around, I think Brian and I talked about like, it'd be way cool to have the bigger travel, big motor that way we can go to the top of like Pinos and just do laps. But that's not really realistic with our time frames and schedules. So it's something like this to go out and rip trails, something lighter, fun, more, but still trail. It'd be interesting to see how this thing rides. Well, and especially now looking at another generation, essentially, since, you know, we kind of started seeing the e-bikes, you know, that, you know, just like regular trail bikes, you know, that they've gotten more capable, you know, the geometry has gotten better and this is just kind of following suit, but with a uh, little bit of extra help. It's definitely an exciting bike. Sounds like a ringer. The only thing I'd like to inject into this is Giant has that new 800-watt-hour battery, that some new technology that um, they shoved that to the same size as the 700 spot. So that's – I mean, I like, I like where the fuel is going, but I'm more excited to see – more power, more compact, not so much less power compact, but that's kind of what we've been, I think, waiting for, for a long time. I think that's going to be also that, I mean, the battery technology is only going to be a matter of time before we started seeing that. And I think when you combine that with lighter motors, um, but also I think you'll see some motors, maybe that TQ, maybe they come out with a slightly bigger version that maybe I think they already have a, that. They it's, make, they very they well make may. It. Yeah. They make one that's bigger. It's got a, I think it's a hundred newton meters of torque. I know what they've heard. had something like that. I know I saw something about that, but maybe somewhere in the middle that yeah. still keeps the weight down, gives a little extra oomph. I mean, it's there's a lot of possibilities there, and I mean, none of us are exactly electronics nerds and know exactly how all these you know motors work and such. But I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of possibility out yeah. there. Is it too much to ask for a fuel exe with a 800 watt hour battery and the size of a Red Bull can? That uh, that would be the future, yeah, right? Someday, like, someday. Yeah, we'll get about that. what three to five years? <laughs> no kidding. So, all right. So, we're definitely excited about that. Um, we do have some other fun topics. Um, you know, we we do get to hang out a lot of bike parts, um, different things coming out of the shop that we don't get to see, or we stuff we have in the shop. But we we do think that some things are overrated. Some bike parts are overrated. They're expensive. Some are worth it. Um, and we'll let Paul here kind of elaborate on his, on some stuff that he thinks is um, overrated to start. Okay. So first of all, this is probably going to cause some, uh, some hate mail, but it's, this is, you know, an opinion and a debate. So let's debate it. We're going to debate it. So here's my opinion on what is the most overrated part. And I'll tell you why, as soon as I say it, the Fox 34 fork. And I'll tell you why, because most people, do not feel the performance gain you get from that over other forks. 
even people that are experienced riders. I had one of my buddies tell me that he's all, do you understand all this fork technology? And I was like, eh, not really. I know there's, you know, rebound, damping, air pressure makes a difference, oil, viscosity, all this stuff changes things. But can you feel it? And I said, not really. I mean, air pressure, I could feel rebound, not so much. But, you know, we've talked about it before. You would have to go out and do tests, change things on your bike, do another test, ride trails and do all this stuff. But nobody really does that. So I don't think that that fork, unless you're like the highest level racer or someone is flowing you parts and you're at the, you know, a high, high level, I don't think you're going to feel the the performance gain well, from it. What do you mean by the 34 particularly? Is it over the 32 or over a 36? No, just, just that or, one. And I, I see that one probably more than the other ones. Now they do have different levels. Would you yeah. be referring to like the, you know, highest maybe grip to damper type of scenario or like, is that what you're saying? Like just in general, uh, like- I think it's just, just in general, because it's like, uh, like my, one of my friends, the guy I was talking about that, that asked me about the, uh, the suspension settings and stuff. He was like, I don't even, I don't even feel it. He's all, I put in my, you know, what they say for the air. I do the little clicks and I just go riding. I've always done that for, for 15 years. So he, so it doesn't matter. He could have a, a $200 fork or a thousand dollar fork. He's going to set it up the same way and just go ride. Yeah. So that's well, my opinion. Well, everybody's different. Yeah. I, oh, absolutely. I, I will say that I'm not as I'm somewhat sensitive, but not that sensitive. Yeah. So I can make some adjustments, but I don't feel a lot. Now I do know when a fork's working properly and it rides higher if it, your oh, yeah. damper is properly adjusted. Um, and if your, you know, your low speeds make the um, good low speed will make the fork ride higher if you're going down drops and stuff like that. Uh, and the stutter bumps, you won't feel if your high speeds open properly, but I will say that Brian here is more sensitive yeah. and he'll make a click and he'll tell you all about it. So here we go. <laughs> um, I, I'll say this much for some riders, you know, going with that top of the line fork, it's overrated uh, because let's face it, you know, especially when you look at the Fox grip Two setup, you know, I mean, you got high and low speed compression, high, and low speed rebound. It's really easy to tune yourself into something that does not work at all. Um, sometimes simpler is better myself. Yeah. I mean, I like to play around with the different things, but even some adjustments like the high and low speed rebound, uh, you need it. Uh, you know, only one manufacturer seems to think so. Um, but other times, I mean, you know, myself, some of the high speed chatter stuff, say, let it roll, for instance, great example. Um, a fork that doesn't have good high speed compression, I know it right away. Oh, yeah. You feel it on that trail. Um, and also, too, I mean, for myself being a bit of a bigger guy, the 34, I mean, I definitely find myself, you know, at times saying, hey, I wish I had something a little more rigid, you know, in a, the uh, well over 200 pound club myself right now. So I do find myself thinking, Something a little more chassis stiffness would be nice. Yeah. But, but yeah, overall, for a lot of riders, you don't need that $1,000 fork. I definitely agree with that. The only thing I I kind of oppose a little bit on is, is if a, a beginner-ish rider or a sport-level rider, they get on a base model fork. They that If it's a new bike, they, it'll feel amazing, right? Oh, yeah. Now, that same rider, if he were to go up to, let's say, a Fox, I'm just going to go with an enduro bike here, Fox 38 um, with a grip to top line, and it's adjusted at least semi-properly, they would notice a difference. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, we have a lot of guys like Doug Harmon. Um, we've got um, 
Mike from MGS motorcycles and his son, um, like they've, they've upgraded from like rock shock, low level Zebs to the Fox 38 with the grip. And there, I would not say any of those guys are season damping, you know, adjustment guys. They know what they're doing, but we set it up basic to what you say should be. And they've come back and just even like Brian Gregory, they come back mind blown, like how much better. So I think, I think it is possible for it to not be overrated for if, if it's something makes you feel that much better. But for the most part, if you just make little jumps on a damper clicks, they might not notice. And I think that's where sometimes if you go up and beyond where the fork is the best of the best, they might be a better control and it might help them, but it's not, Again, not everyone's going to do that. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's just like the sensitivity, like Brian, Brian notices the little things I, yeah. I've tried and I just don't feel it. I just don't feel it. Now, I will say this for a lot of riders too. Um, like Fox stuff. I mean, yeah, factory stuff. It's awesome. Kashima bling bling. Uh, but look down one level, go to the elite yeah. level. You get oh, yeah. almost the same, a lot of times the same internals are really damn close just without the gold, you know, without the Kashima. Yeah. And to me, that's something that I've ridden some factory stuff. I've ridden the, you know, the non-factory. I can't say I noticed a huge difference with that Kashima on there. I think a lot of guys, but don't it's a status wanna, symbol. Well, symbol. they're, they're already at the high price point and they want their bike to be extra blingy. So then they're, they're like, oh, yeah. I got that yeah. chain. That, Spend it that, if you got that it. Oval gold, absolute black. And you know, oh, you yeah. might as well just go bling, bling, pinky yeah. ring. And sometimes right. it's feel good. Go fast, feel oh, yeah. fast. And, you it, know? Yeah, and if you want, if you want your bike to look totally killer, go for it. Get all that nice, fancy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like hot rod bikes and a Fox 34 on a, on a decked out bike is the business. It looks great. Yeah. I agree. Right. Ryan, do you have, do you have something you think is overrated? Mm-hmm. Some expensive and overrated. Um, that, you know, I probably didn't put as much thought in that one. Um, I would have to say maybe it's sometimes, you know, you know, carbon wheels, especially if you're, you know, running like the enduro downhill type of stuff. Um, you know, I mean, let's face it, carbon wheels, they are nice. Uh, some of the new ones are also amazing with the, some of the ride quality that comes out. But also, let's face it, if you're putting heavy-duty rock use into play, that's an expensive wheel if you happen to you know chunk it on a rock or something. Uh, that would probably be one thing that I would say. Just uh, as much as they help, it can also just be a real painful experience, you know? Oh, yeah. Just ask Ryan on uh, Danger Granger. That, that rock garden claimed a couple. Yeah, that's a, that's a carbon eater right there. Yeah, those there's been a lot of kids and stuff that were smashing carbon wheels just just because they, they smash and they, even yeah. with even with the cush cores it's like just not holding up. Yeah, that's that's a good one for sure. Um, I I also didn't put a whole lot of a lot of thought into this, and I the one thing that I I probably think is really expensive overrated is is changing out every bolt in your bike to tie or oh. oil slick. Like, like you're, <laughs> you're just spending a bunch of money and you're, you're probably losing a few grams, but you're obviously just got some extra money in your board. Yeah. And titanium bolts aren't stronger. So no, it's like, yeah, it's, just, you're, you're making a show. I bike mean, I guess I mean, show bike. Yeah. Again, bike. like the bling bling Kashima, like it's on that same level, but that's even way probably not useful like compared to 
Yeah, I mean, let's. I mean, for most normal riders, yeah, it's like the, what you maybe save a gram after you spend about three hundred dollars in bolts. And yeah. but if it makes you feel good and you like the way it looks, I, I'm not opposed to yeah. anything like that. It's definitely an opinion, and oh, it could be debated. But I definitely think that's not something I'm going to put my money. It's I'd rather have my suspension serviced and or do something to make my bike perform better. On that end, that's what it's. Yeah. I'm probably due for everything's a service, uh, but yeah, I know I'm uh, we're due on a piece to fork service <laughs> right? right now. Right. So, all right. So definitely, definitely good, good, uh, overrated bike parts on our end for sure. Um, now we, this is something that we've been asked on our Facebook page. Um, it's definitely a highly debated, uh, topic. Um, and it's the best tire. So I, I'm going to separate this up two categories. You have P12 and maybe, other places, not P12. And, uh, Brian, what would you say is your, your, probably your, your most favorite so far? And you tried a few P12 tires. P12 is a tricky one because let's face it. If we get rain, if you can run almost anything out there and it works amazing. But now when we're blown out and really loose, those same fast rolling tires that are great in the winter, aren't, you know, you're playing in the kitty litter out there. Maybe not so good. Uh, so right now I, you know, the, that Maxis asked guy that I've got on the front of my slash has been uh, pretty amazing. I got to say, I mean, yeah, you give up some rolling speed, but the grip, I mean, I don't have too many issues with that front end getting loose on me. What size is that one? On the front uh, I'm running a two five on that one. And, uh, even though that's getting to the point of needing replacing soon and that new bond Traeger SE six is uh, looking like a pretty likely candidate for my next experiment there. That's definitely a popular tire here at the shop. I can tell you that it's, yeah. and probably the world cup circuit and pretty much all the enduro races around the world for sure. Oh, yeah. The problem I have with this question is, is that it's, it's so unique to the person, the type of riding you're doing and what you're doing. So um, speaking of unique, we're going to give the, the next, get Paul a shot on oh, this right. one here. Okay. So, so when the P12 trails are mostly smooth, there's a few rocky sections, a couple little downhills where you're going super fast, like uh, Danger Granger, for example. You know, you're hauling on that one. Uh, let it roll. You can get going pretty good. But the bigger, heavier tires, I think, are, are overkill because you only get to use them for a few seconds there. So I prefer 2.35 or 2.4 at the most. And the XR2s is is my current favorite right now. Skinnier, I think skinnier is better because the P12 trails, you're doing a lot of climbing. And the downhill parts are over pretty quick. But the grip you get from a tire like an XR4 or something like that, or like your ass guy there, they do grip really, really well. But I'd, I would rather go a little more climbing performance than downhill grip because the downhill is just not that long. Yeah. That's where, yeah, that's preference thing for sure. Yeah. You know, and you know where, where the priorities lie. I mean, I can be on the lightest tire, lightest bike, whatever. I'm still going to be one of the slowest guys up the hill. So yeah, <laughs> give me that yeah. big grippy tire. Heck yeah. I, I have to say though, that Paul like has had a transformation of sorts this last year. Cause he has this Roscoe, which we all know is an amazing hardtail. And he had the plus size, what, 2.6s on uh, there? 2.8s. 2.8s, okay. And so <laughs> so then he had a wild hair. He was in this big race. Which race was it? Uh, the Whiskey 50 in, yeah. in uh, Prescott, Arizona. So he scrambled 
in a sort of way that it's like, okay, I'm doing this big, big monster race and I need rolling. I need speed. I need weight. Yep. I'm going to do some climbing. It, so this transformation went to these, these narrow tires and it was pretty cool to see. Cause you, every, every change you made, uh, you got to experience a oh, cool, yeah. cool thing. Not just like, Hey, I, I'm only running this. It was like, now I'm trying this. And then you end up building your own set of wheels and putting mm-hmm. these XR twos. And then it's like, man, I'm climbing so much better. So it was cool to see like the transformation of like, you didn't just try one tire, two tires, three tires. You yeah. you, you went from a whole wheel size 27, five yeah. plus to 29 er with these new tires. And then you found like, Hey, this is, this yeah. is great. Yeah. I found the sweet spot of that bike. It made a huge yeah. It's, it's like a completely different bike. Yeah. Soon as it'll be on a suspension bike is what we're, where we're okay. <laughs> the target. Oh, just, just, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just a little, little heads up. My next bike is yeah. going to have a carbon fork, zero travel. Yeah. Yep. You're moving in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, for me again, being that I'm always trying to have the, a faster bike. Cause I feel like I'm always racing everybody. Maybe not the Saturday ride, but I am with Paul XR two, all the way. It's got enough grip that I could, I can corner super fast on danger Granger, any downhill, plenty of grip, but it rolls really fast. You feel like you got feathers underneath you. It oh, feels yeah. fast and yeah. light. And I, I prefer the lighter tire. And I, I mean, I know Brian may not be faster than everybody else, even if we switch tires, but it will make you faster. Will, I mean, I, but the as guy definitely is my tire for non P12. Well, if I'm, I'm going to go anywhere else, I would probably put that tire. If I'm going to do, Keysville or uh, Kernville or um, Big Bear. I mean, I would definitely go with that tire. Well, my need for a big grippy tire up front may also be attributed to crappy cornering techniques too. But I mean, no, pretty sure you can handle your business just but, fine. But I will say this: I mean, like one that I know it's been a favorite of yours uh, with the XR4. Uh, there's a good chance when that SE6 goes up front, yeah. that might find its way under the back end of my bike and get that little faster rolling out back yeah. again because that. That XR4 is a nice tire too. I've ridden that in the past, and uh, not not terrible. But I just want a little more grip up front. So that is my close second. It's only seven hundred and some odd grams, versus the XR2 is six hundred and some odd grams. So to me, it's not that much heavier, and you do have knobs that are like four times the size. So the XR4 is definitely is is my go to for the like I'm you know XR2 looks a little too small, but the XR4 is it. That's Paul's next tire to try. We got to get you on like a little bit bigger XR4 next time. XR4? Well, my my ECR has XR4s, the three three inches. Yeah, those monster ones. Those are still like nine hundred grams. Yeah, like nine million grams. Those yeah. are tanks. Tanks. When, you're, but, when you're running a three yeah. inch XR4, do you hear that voice in your head saying Sunday, 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 Monster yep. Truck Madness? Yeah, I, I hear a two stroke in my head. I do. Like they should market with super swampers or something on the side. <laughs> Paul's running yeah. over cars in the parking lot. Like we're not yeah. doing a mud out, bog. Kid. Get out of the way, kids. <laughs> All right. Yep. How about Brian? How about let's say you're going to go head up to, I mean, you're going to do an XC race. I mean, would you, would you still run that tire? Would you, would you pick something else? Other than none of them. Let's say aside from XR2, is there anything else that you've liked that you've read that you'd probably do? Cause you've read the, you've written recons, the recon. That's definitely a nice one. Um, the Maxis Forecaster, that new forecast. I like. Oh, yeah. Well, I like the old one actually. I really like that old Forecaster. It's a lightweight tire, little space down on the knobs. Actually, gripped good at P12 when I rode that out there. Nice. Kind of almost kind of bummed that they changed it, but that new Forecaster definitely looks like one that'd be worth checking out as a. Actually, as a good P12 tire. Yeah. And for the record, we're not sponsored by Maxis or Bontrager. No. <laughs> anyway, but we are accepting the, applications. Disclaimer. Yeah. yeah we. 
<laughs> we are accepting free tires. We'll take right. free stuff if yeah. you got it. <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know, tires meet the ground, but what ground is best? P12. You know, what's your, your, what's your best trail of P12, Paul? Oh, my favorite trail. Yeah. What do you, what do you like? It's a super close, super close. I really thought about this for a while, but I think my favorite one of all time is panorama because it's got a little bit of everything. You know, you start off going fast, those little rolly parts at the beginning, it's kind of flowy. And then you get down over, uh, into the, the left turns, the right turns, it's kind of swooshy here and there. There's not much climbing in it. You know, a couple of little spots where you, you sprint up it a little bit and you go, you can carry speed. That's what I like about it. You can go, you can go out and cruise that trail if you want and just put along six, seven miles an hour, or you can haul, you can go 15 or more. You know, if you got the motor, you can do it and it's super fun. But the, the other one that I, I feel bad for leaving it out almost because it's super duper fun is cliffhanger. That one is super fun, especially in the afternoon when you get a little tailwind because it, it, you just you can just sail on it's that. It's a thing. little more climby, but it's yeah. very similar in terms of a lot of yeah. spots and carry speed. Yep, yeah. and and the the my favorite thing about both of them is it's single track the whole way. Yeah, what's great about cliffhanger is that it's got more climbing, but it also has faster descents. Yeah, so it's like it's, it's you know it's on yeah. steroids compared to the yeah. Panama. Yeah, and I think if, if cliffhanger was like longer. Probably, probably be my number one. Yeah. Uh, what about Paul? What about what about the best trail you've ever ridden? Like, if you can go back to one place that you've been, like the one trail that just hits home all the time. Oh, man, it might be a paper route in Mammoth, the one where you leave leave uh, the lodge and go back down to Mammoth Lakes. That trail that runs along I've the road. You're in that. Super um, fun. I did get a chance to do that one once. Yeah, it's not. Super technical at all, but huh. it's slightly downhill. And at the end of the day, when you're all worked and tired, there's jumps on the sides of the trees. So there's like a little jump line the oh, whole fun. way down for miles and miles and miles. It's super, super. I get cool. sucked into lift runs. I can't. You can't yeah. get away. Can't get away from lift. But, but you know, when I think back to uh, trails I've ridden all over the place, that one stands out. I mean, I did the Kamikaze a bunch of times. That was super, super cool. But that's more of like. Yeah, your death hanging, grip, cool. Death, yeah, death grip, cool. You're hanging on for dear life, and at the bottom, you're like, "Hope oh, oh, glad." Your eyes are bouncing, yeah. the boulders yeah, and your wheels are all bent, and everything's beat up. But yeah, paper out. Can you imagine fun. the guys like, uh, uh, you know, old school guys like Tomac and all those guys who used to race down that with like almost no suspension, oh, yeah. baby heads. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So you know, like six two inch. Two inch front fork Those and videos were gnarly. the downhill bike was a cross country bike with a giant chain ring bolted yeah, onto it. I yeah. think my fastest is like 56 down or something. It was, it was scary. Yeah. It was scary. Yeah, that, that, that trail's just too much. Orvin, um, buddy Orvin, and I just, just, uh, used to race each other down it. Yeah. It was, it was almost ludicrous, like full body suit stuff. We had, yeah, a Dionysi suit. And it's just, it was, I look back and we were like, just it looked like Ninja Turtles. Oh, we just yeah. were just, <laughs> I just feel like we're idiots, you know, like who can clock the fastest speed. And we didn't have, you know, anything with GPS. It was just a little wireless computer. Cat eye. (laughs) Cat eye. Just just going bananas down and just thinking. I'm thinking somebody was reprogramming wheel size. Uh, If I do this, I'll say it faster. It was fun. It was fun. What what about you, Brian? Best P12 trail. Hit me. Ah, man. P12. Yeah. I got to say I overlooked cliffhanger. Um, Yeah. That is a fun one for sure. Um, 
Pano, that's usually my, that's what I used to tell people. Hey, if you want something to break somebody in and have a fun ride, that's a great one. Um, but my toss up came between Mike and Dave's number one, because that one, same type of thing. You got a little bit of everything in there. You got some fast flowy corners. You got a little climbing, you got a little bit of everything there. So I like that one. Uh, the other one, uh, going to take it back to one of the classics. I think there at P 12 with, Oh yeah. Uh, that's another, you know, a little bit of the longer of the downhills there. But you still get there with some pedaling in. You got to work on some cornering technique with some rough corners. Oh, yeah. That one takes some skill, too. Yeah, uh, you got to hang that one out there, too, sometimes. Oh, yeah. And right now, it's uh, pretty sketchy to hang out on. So It'll definitely loosey-goosey without the moisture. What about, I mean, you've ridden a bunch of places. So what's your your favorite trail ever? Probably my favorite ever. I'm going to have to uh, take a trip back up to Canada for A-Line uh, up there, Whistler Bike Park. Um <sighs> But, man, I just wonder if I can even still do that trail. Ah, oh, you could. You could. <laughs> I know a lot of that stuff's gotten a lot bigger since the, what, 15-plus years since I've been there. Um, but, yeah, I think that would definitely be one to get What's back out. What's the trail that's like A-Line, but it's got bigger jumps? Uh, uh, I know there's, like, Dirt Merchant. Dirt Merchant, yes. That bigger lips. Yeah, Dirt Merchant's big. And then you got also like a Crab Apple Hits, that one that they do the whip off on. That one tried to kill me last time I was there. Um, so there's oh. definitely, and, and actually, like that one, I look at the videos and I know those jumps have gotten a lot bigger since I was oh, there. Yeah. Those guys are sending it now. That's yeah. big, yeah. But that's definitely going into the territory of uh, give me a full DH bike again. Oh, yeah. It's tough to beat A line. If you're. I mean, it's really tough. Oh to man, that. I a line was uh, heaven on earth for me. You know, especially at that point, jumping all the time, and you spend just as much time in the air as you do on the ground on that trail. Oh yeah, so much fun. Um, all right, so let's see here. This is a tough, tough, tough answer for me. I I have so many trails I like. I I can't pick a favorite. Like I like I my go to is Panorama. My go to is always cliffhanger. They're fun. Um, but I want to pick a trail that's not on the radar. It's damn Adams. Have you guys ridden damn Adams? Adams. Yeah. I think I know the one you're talking about. That comes like off the top of the, uh, North Ridge. You you drop off on up by the the first bench, you drop in and you stay on the fire road and you go down, you climb up and you drop in down the ridge and you end up into clunker. Okay. Super long and down in the clunker. Now, I mean, I don't know if it's my actual favorite, but I'm throwing it out there as a once a really fun one that's long, flowy, and not a lot of climbing. But I, I, I really have our time. I like there's a bunch of favorite trails where we are. I mean, there's they're all just fun in their own way. You know, if you, I like hitting Mike and Dave's one backwards down all the way back down the aqueduct, it's fast, it's fun, it's flowy. There's not a lot of climbing, especially with the new shortcut that was put in. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was talking about like, with with Mike and Dave. Yeah, going down to the aqueduct. Yeah, I mean, it's super fun. Um, I don't know. There's, there's so many fun ones. I it's just hard to yeah. choose because we have I think really good trails for what it is. I mean, yeah, it'd be better if it was loamy and you know pine trees and whatnot. But like we can go back there and we can hit all our favorite trails in a few hours and go home. Yeah. It's so cool, right? Oh, yeah. You know, it's another fun little section. I it's that connection that goes off of um, Valley View and drops you onto Doctor Tony's. Yeah, that's just you got a little up, little down, little loose. Get a little fast in there. Yeah, Bali Song's Jump. fun. I mean, yeah. there's so many little tiny fun sections. Bali, like, yeah, Bali I, Song, little dual slalom action in there. I have a hard time picking a favorite. Like, every time you go out, you're like, oh, I want to hit this, hit that. And you really could just hit them all, and they're all good. 
Oh yeah. And there's what, there's gotta be at over 20 miles of trails yeah. that are unique. And we've had some amazing friends build trails out there. We're pretty, pretty thankful for that. Oh yeah. Now best trail ever. God, this is another really tough one because like, if I were to say right now, where do I want to go ride? It's always going to be Whistler, but realistically sunrise trail. Um, that's the one that drops you. Uh, it's the uh, what's that race up there by Yuba City, the Yuba, Out- Yuba Outfitters. Um, oh, um, Downeyville, Downeyville Classic Trail. Thank you. Yeah, I lost it. That is a blast. They seventeen miles of just drop you off and just go back to town through. You feel like you know speeder trees, crossing rivers, rock gardens, like trails like that. I just love. Just super not groomed and just fun and gnarly. You know. That's that's what I would do right now if I could pick a trail because I have a lot of favorites. I've ridden all of a sudden Whistler. I've been to North Star, Mammoth, Big Bear, um, San Diego. You know the East Canyon side. I mean, I've done all that. But if even like Arizona or Phoenix, South Mountain has some of my favorite trails. Like the National Trail there is super rad and gnarly. Like, but if I can go ride a trail right now, I could probably go Downeyville. Like, and it'll probably change tomorrow. But right now, like that's my thought. I got to say, I got a chance to do Downeyville one year, do the classic last minute invite. Got to go up there. Amazing ride that was ruined by a race. Let me tell you, because oh. that downhill so long and you're trying to race it. Oh, you raced it. I raced it. Oh, oh yeah. We just yeah. did it with a group of guys yeah. and we just had a blast. It was like death March. It was, oh, it was just it's brutal, yeah. but I mean, amazing trail. I, I got to agree. I mean, the, so much fun, yeah. so much variety on there, but it's just so long trying to race it. Oh yeah. I mean, that's well, the guys who are winning that are freaking studs. Yeah. No doubt about it. But if you ride it, you're following this big river and it's just scenery galore, you're crossing bridges and it's just super fun. So I would say, I'd say that's what I would do right now. But I mean, if I'm going to pick one place to go back, like in a hole, it'd definitely be Whistler. Cause yeah. yeah, Whistler's amazing. I got to say, though, um, you know, I keep seeing all the videos and they like to proclaim themselves as the mountain bike capital of the country. Bentonville, Arkansas really does have some amazing looking stuff. I mean, maybe yeah. not huge, big mountain stuff, but just stuff that looks so fun. And the, oh, yeah. the money they're putting into the trail network and everything. I mean, it's definitely found its place on my bucket list. Let's go. All right. Road trip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Um, we're going to turn the tables here a little bit on, on this, uh, and we're going to jump into uh, a topic here that Paul wanted to talk about where it's are cheap bikes worth it. Are the, is it worth purchasing a really cheap bike? Um, for whatever reason, I know there's budget, you know, there's style, there's, you know, your new rider or whatever type thing, but long-term wise, are they worth it? Um, we're going to Paul, elaborate on this. All right. So, you know, we see them here in the shop. People bring them in all the time. These all uh, the time. Magnas and Huffies and these bikes. Then they, you know, they, they fall for the price because the price is right. $169.95 all day long at all the big box stores. But when you when you get it home and you actually go ride it a couple times, maybe the third or fourth ride, it's the brakes aren't working. It's making a bunch of noise. Shifting is bad probably the tires coming off the rim, you know, things are just suddenly going wrong. And then when they bring it into us, it's a couple hundred bucks to put it all back together. And they're like, but I just got it. It's like, well, 
that's that's just what you got. I mean, unfortunately, that's what you got. So the plus side of that is, if you put a couple hundred bucks into a bike that cost them maybe a couple hundred bucks, um, the bonus is that it probably rides pretty good for what it is, and it was still cheaper than a brand new bike shop bike. Yeah. But, but still, is it worth it? Yeah, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, 99% of the time it's not worth it unless it's someone that's just going to buy that thing and they're going to ride it around the neighborhood on the 4th of July, then great. Take it to Burning Man, leave it in the desert. Yeah, leave it in the desert. That's a great place for those. Just don't litter. I mean, a, a dumpster would be fine in some cases, but I don't think overall those things are worth it. When I see them at the, at the stores, I see people flocking all over them because they're nice and shiny and, you know, monkeys like shiny. So they see it and they're just like, oh, I got to get it. This is cool. This is cool, right? Um, you know, yeah. you know, there one, it might be one in my future. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like, crazy? Sound crazy? Like Ryan? No, there might be a cheap bike in my future. Now, uh, me, not personally, but I'm pretty sure that if I'm going to, if I'm going to have my, one of my kids ride to school someday, oh, that's, that's what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to vest heavy in those little Tannis armors and I'm going to send them off in a little oh, no. beater bike and I might even spray paint it like, I don't know, unicorn. Yeah. Whatever, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah, my kids had the My Little Pony bikes. <laughs> yep, they wore 100%. them out. Oh trash. yeah, and if uh, Nathan's riding a bike to school, it's not going to be the yeah. uh, trance when he, that he's riding out on the trails for sure. Yep. Yeah. There's not a big enough lock. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, kind of like Grandpa used to say, "Buy nicer, buy twice." Right? I mean, that's and right. you know, people, you know, it's funny. I know you've heard it too. Well, you know, I mean, I could just buy another one; it would be cheaper. Yeah, but by the time you're two bikes in, three bikes in, guess what? You could have bought one bike and been good yeah, to go that bike's going to last you for five years maybe more yeah a little tlc will go a long way yep. the bonus is that they bought a bike they thought they wanted they're happy and they get to come in and support their local bike shop and absolutely keep keep this place afloat with the cheap bike for that's a while right. until they realize that's yeah. the upside yeah now the only you know the only thing i just wonder is how many people get turned off from the experience that they have with that cheap bike they bought it Oh my God, everything, you know, nothing works right. It's cost me a ton of money to repair, man. I'm going to go find something else to do. Yeah. You know, how many, how many people get turned off by that experience? That's the only thing that, that happens that would help that is, and I know that, um, I know I've done it a lot and, and probably you guys too. Somebody comes in and then they want to put 200 bucks into bike. We give them the option of like, Hey, like we could take your money and fix this bike. But we suggest maybe putting it into something nicer if you want to continue on. So there, there is suggestive, like not sorry, upsailing, but like upscaling, like to where you try to give them a better experience. Yeah, and you're going to increase their satisfaction. Yeah, because then you're being honest, like, hey, this bike is really not worth it. But if you're partial to it, we'll do it. And I'm sure all of us here have done, you know, that. Hey, you know what? Here, let's grab this bike. First of all, it's something that's actually sized better for you. It actually fits you. Because let's face it, one size fits some at a department store. Yeah. Oh, you're five feet tall. You need a 26 inch wheel. That's right. Um, so, you know, we get them on the right size bike. They get some of the, you know, pedals nice and the gear shift. So, I mean, at least hopefully, you know, we can start getting them looking at something that's not just a bicycle shaped object. Yep. So, round the table here. Brian, are cheap bikes worth it? No. Paul? Nope. No. Uh, I'm going to go with no. Unless my kids are going to school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. In that case, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get you the cheapest. But, I mean, that's kind of a lot of people come in. Their kids are going to school. They put the armor in there and they let it rip. It's fine. Yeah, you know, I mean, they do have a place, yes. But overall, is it worth it? Uh, no. Not worth it. 
All right, we're going to have some fun with this one. So this is, we're going to play a little game. Is It's called Three Bikes Brian Wants to Try. All right. So Paul and I get get to guess three bikes that Brian wants to. Well, this is like how well do we know Brian at this point? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, let you start, Paul. Um, I would say probably a Yeti. Uh, what's the that big monster one? The they have a big downhill oh, the one, one. The one fifty. Yeah, the one fifty with that uh, that CR two fifty dirt bike fork on it. The the gigantic thirty eights. Thirty. Yeah, that 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 one for sure. You know that 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 would definitely be there, but it was not on the day's list. Okay, now. and then okay. Uh, yeah, here, here I'll throw a hint out for you. We did talk about one of them in the news section earlier. Yeah. Uh, it's the fuel EX. Yeah. That fuel EXE. I mean, and then I think the third one would probably be, cause I've heard you say it a few times is a Trek stash. Stash. I mean, it didn't make it onto my list for the three today, but that would definitely be, especially, well, since they're not really producing that one, that would be a fun one to play around on for sure. Yeah. Big tires. All right. I'm going to say all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Does that cover the basis? I'm pretty sure Brian wants to try everything. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's pretty, well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, some of these total XC race bikes that I probably have no business being on a super caliber. This yeah. is a, this is a tough one because there, he does want to try everything. So, but to try to narrow it down to three specifically, I would say if I would have guessed two other bikes, um, I'd say you, this is going on a limb, probably a, a session. Oh yeah. Would probably be That's an honorable mention, yeah. Yeah. yeah, The slat new slash would probably be right there too. Um, but so we'll go I'll go man. I'm just gonna go with those two because I mean I could think of like all of them. I mean I mean, you'd probably want to try a new rail, probably wanna try um I don't know. See, he, all he has to do is just start spitballing as a chance, you know, he's yeah, going to hit gonna, something. Gonna yeah, <laughs> that's uh, those are my guesses. <laughs> well, actually, so, okay, the Fuel EXE, we already covered yeah. that one. I mean, what's not to really like to want to try yeah, I think that it's thing? An everybody. Um, well, actually, I could have thrown you this clue, Bob. You just got one of the ones on the list. Oh, the Top Fuel. Ah. That Top yeah, Fuel, I mean, you know, really cool geometry. The fuels have always been a nice fit for me. I just love the way they, they ride. And so that top fuel and a little lighter package, just, uh, it doesn't ride like a fuel though. It's got a really steep seat angle. So it well, puts you over the bike and then um, they've modernized that. Yeah. You know, since definitely I've spent some time on a fuel too, but a little, a little bit to get used to for me. I'm not, I'm not used to, I've never ridden a bike with the seat angle that steep on a head angle, that slack on, Travel that short like, yeah so it's definitely interesting it's not like anything i've ever ridden and bike number three um i, want, I definitely want to try something like in the mullet setup you know i want to see if that hype is there and i think if i'm looking at the stuff that we have available i'm thinking the bronson would be the the one on that one you know that new good all arounder they just released the new one too um, yeah i think that bronson would be uh pretty high on the list yeah no, would that be like a park bike? Or a- well, I like the Bronson just because that's, you know, it's kind of that all around type of bike there, you know, what 150, 160 up front, you know, 150-ish uh, out back, 140, 150 out back, somewhere in that neighborhood. So it's kind of that all arounder. I could definitely take it to a bike park. 
Uh, you know, it wouldn't be complete overkill here locally. I mean, well, my slash was considered a big bike when it came out. Now the new one's come out and makes mine look more like a trail bike. So I think that Bronson would be rounding out the top three. That's cool. I would guess Paul's, but I don't know all the the models that Salsa makes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fargo would be fun. Yeah. A bear. Uh, what's uh there's uh they have a, a titanium one. Uh, it's like a cross country bike packing titanium bike. that looks pretty, pretty hot. Uh, Salsa's also got that full suspension. I think it's with the Cassidy or something like that, that that bike looks pretty nice too, actually kind of a longer travel endurance bike. So that would be, a, that'd be a fun one to try out. I know not in Paul's Salsa Alley, but yeah, I don't, I don't I want a little spicy of Salsa. Yeah. That, that rear suspension is foreign to me now. Although John's, John, yeah, that, John's, that soft tail, yeah, John's uh, Moots YBB was pretty fun. You you could actually feel that little that little. I might take up his offer to try there. that before the next podcast. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's super fun. That bike's like total point and shoot bike. When you get going, like on cliffhanger or panorama, that bike rules. Totally rules. See, he is going towards the, the but, dark side, but the, but it, towards it, the dark side. It, it doesn't it doesn't rule because of the the rear suspension. That half inch of travel, it rules because of the geometry and the, mm-hmm. the fork and everything. Let that, sucker, that. that sucker rails. I, I got to say that bike was definitely a lot more slacked out than I would have expected yeah. to see from a, you know, from Moots for sure. Yeah. Cause it's not really a cross country bike. It's more of a, it's definitely a little more it, of a trail bike. Yeah, It's a little more down country, but see, my take on that though is, as I explained to Paul when he got down with that bike, cause he was talking about, Oh, how good the fork was and how good that was the head angle or whatever. But, I was trying to explain to him, like, it was it was a, the package. Like, it's got suspension. So a little bit of suspension makes everything feel different already. Then you had, he had top-of-the-line fork, shock, XTR. Like, everything about that bike was awesome. So it's not like he went to a bike that had, like, okay, I got the same, you know, type of bike, but with a little shock on the back. No, no, no. It was, like, a complete overhaul makeover, yeah. like, so it's hard to say like one thing was led to your feelings or not. Cause it was a complete different bike. Yeah. But the, but the, the geometry of that bike does perform without a doubt. Anything over when you get going over like 15 miles an hour, that bike is so steady. It just, it like my, it's the rear shock. Yeah. My Ross, my, my <laughs> Roscoe, you know, at speed, the Roscoe kind of wanders around a little bit. Yeah. That bike Paul, was, Paul, was that's what suspension is supposed to do. That's why your uh, truck has but, it but outside. It, it's only like it's, 20, it, like 19 that's or 20 millimeters for the, the pebbles that we have out here. That's all you need. Oh, those little pieces of sand. Yeah. yeah. All well, you need. not to mention the head angle is a good couple degrees slacker too. Yeah. On that thing, there's but so yeah, much going like, on with that bike. Like it, yeah, that bike just rips. It's not the best climber. It's not the best descender, but overall that bike is super, yeah. super nice. But then again, if you like played with that setup a little bit, tried some different tires, some tires more that you like yeah. and, yeah, because he had some pretty meaty tires on yeah, that. Some two point sixes on there. It could, you know, there's definitely some possibilities there Absolutely. for sure. Yeah, it's a good platform to mess with. So, I still think you should get one of those. <laughs> Overall, more fun bike. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm getting a custom titanium bike here next year. That's my winter winter project. Nice, rigid. Absolutely. Yeah. Hard. So nose. there goes the fun part. Hard, yeah, yeah. Hard, I'm yeah. Out. Lost me. Hard, hard nose. <laughs> hard nose too. Carbon fork. I, I guess because we raced BMX, maybe we got our fill of full rigid bikes when we were younger. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything, and the and the type of riding I'm going to do, I don't need four inches of travel. So you know, it makes me hard like to wrap my head around those things. I'm is glad that, you did a, cut that sentence short. <laughs> yeah, is that is that I, I I feel like I love to blast through things, yeah. and I've had a hard tub before, 
and I got used to it. It was yeah. the Cove hand job, which is a great name for a bike, by the way. Absolutely. And, but it had a slack head angle. It was a steel Columbus two bike. So it was a higher end hardtail and it did handle really well. And you could do some blasting, but you, you had to, you puckered a lot. Like they know that Oh yeah. it was, it wasn't. And then you get a suspension that if it works well and the damper set up great and it pedals great, you're not really worried about what's going on down there. You're worried about, you know, yeah. 15 feet in front of you or so like, and you could just go there where a hardtail, I felt like I always had to worry about what I'm underneath me and have to, you know, be careful. I don't want to blow a wheel or a tire or something. Well, in my opinion, when you have no travel in the back, other than the suspension in the tire, it makes you a better rider. You have to pick a better line, a smoother line and ride smoother and not destroy your back wheel. So I think overall you feel the, you feel the earth more, you feel the trail more and it, I think it just overall makes it a better experience for me. Now, I'm still having fun on the bikes. It's yeah. oh, a yeah, fun factor. 100%. I mean, when if you look at, uh, like, when, when we go out riding, we see a lot of people that have full suspension bikes. I mean, if that works for them, it, that's great. But when I'm on a hardtail bike and I'm ripping, like, through Panorama and everything, and I'm just having fun, I can be out there by myself cruising, I'm having a good old time. I can't really disagree with you too much because yeah. Ryan, I mean, not me personally, but Ryan rips on his hardtail oh yeah we, he's, we've he's, talked a little bit about this before like he rips on his hardtail so he's the yep. he let he lets it out he oh, hangs yeah. it out there and oh. he's got some great times so oh yeah and well, especially if you have a bigger tire like like on ryan's yeti if you have like a 2.6 on the back of that thing you can smash through everything a p12 could throw at you except yeah. for <laughs> that little rock garden uh the carbon wheel eater on danger granger good all right so we're gonna move on we got all right we're getting run out of time here um so Last topic, and I, this one, I'm a little bit, I don't know what to say about her. I'm going to let you, Paul, this is your, this is your deal. Right way to be a cyclist. All um, right. I mean, I know you got some things that in your mind that pertain to this and uh, I'd love to hear it. Let's go. All right. Okay. So <laughs> what I, what I meant by, is there a right way to be a cyclist? There's people that, that, you know, we see them uh, on, they come into the shop and some of them have some extremely strong opinions about the bike they ride and the people they ride with. And in their opinion, they can't ride and they don't like riding with them because, you know, I'm riding this super $8,000 carbon bike and they might make me crash and I'm going to break my bike and I'd be really mad. So in their opinion, they're a cyclist, but there's people that are like, you know, we have the commuter type customers. They come in here, they buy every single gadget to strap on their bike, lights, fenders, kickstands and everything. I think that guy's just as much a cyclist as anyone else. You know, that you see the Tour de France replica guys riding around, zooming around the street. That's cool. But there's some snobbery that I think we've all experienced when you see that type of, of rider. And especially when they come into the shop and they're like, oh, they want to go to the front of the line maybe. And they're like, okay, slow down there, trigger. They might, you know, use what they've bought as a leverage tool to try to make themselves seem more of a cyclist than someone who has like a thousand dollar bike that rides it every day for work. In my opinion. Ah, definitely. I definitely, you, know, you do get some guys and I think it really hurts, you know, it turns off some people and they do get that, you know, cycling snob type of an attitude. But, you know, in fact, we were kind of talking about this a few weeks ago when we did the tour to Luke, Paul and I were riding that one together and just seeing all the different people, all the different bikes, all the different levels of riders, you know, 
everybody out there from, you know, yeah, the, the department store bike, the big BMX bikes, people on mountain bikes, e-bikes, trailers, yeah. tires, everything. And what were they doing? They're all riding bikes and having fun. Yep. Isn't that what it's about at the end of the day? I mean, I, none of us here are getting paid to ride, so it's not a job for any of us. I mean, yeah, if it's a job, sure, you're going to be training your ass off and, you know, putting in, you know, 5 million miles a week and, you know, making sure that you have the right diet and, you know, you have like negative 52% body fat. But yeah, for the rest of us, riding a bike, it's fun. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, yeah, whether it's a person commuting to and from work or, you know, maybe, you know, you get the guy who's out there on like the, you know, one of our customers, Chris Aragon, guy's got a Marlin. You know, Marlin six, not a high end bike, but the guy's ripping it out there oh, yeah. and freaking sets fast times. He's having a blast. Oh, yeah, he's now having, he's, yeah. he's on his, he's got a road bike now too. He's been pedaling on that. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a it's lot. awesome. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be a huge high dollar bike and you don't have to have, you know, the, the best of everything to have a good time. And that's, that's yep. the beauty of it out here. Yeah, and I think that brings, uh, brings up another point is when new riders come into, you know, cycling, they can start on a, a lower level bike and have a good time. And then they can start, you know, maybe change carbon handlebars, you know, change their wheels, upgrade their wheels, which makes the biggest difference on a you know performance basis for your bike is, you know, a good set of wheels. And that, that will get them to the next step of maybe, you know, 2,300, $23,000 bike where their, their performance is going to go up because they have the experience and they're going to start having a good old time, but the fun factor is always yeah. there. It's always so. There. I have a. I like to separate two categories in this. Personally, I've I've done this for a long time, especially when you're working with like the city of Lancaster, and we're talking about bike paths and different things, right? So I I, I kind of separate this where there's bike riders and there's cyclists. Uh, good point. Yeah, a bike rider to me is just somebody that most of the people that come in this shop they got the beach cruiser and this mountain bike and then they're just bringing it out of the shed or they ride once in a while around their neighborhood. You know, to me, they're just bike riders. They're just enjoying. It's not their sport, not their hobby. They're doing it for fitness, for fun. And to me, that's what most of the bike paths we have around town are. Most of the cyclists aren't using them. The guys who are heavy into the bike riding and that's their main sport. You know, even at, even at that, you know, Chris, you know, Aragon's like, even to him, he's, he's more of a cyclist. It doesn't, doesn't matter. A cyclist doesn't mean that you have a cheap or expensive bike. It just means that you that you use that as your hobby, your your fun. That's your that's your tool. Bike riders like sits in your garage and lube the chain every two or three years, and you bring it out. It's got flat tires. You pump it up and you go out and enjoy the yep. evenings, you know, or or the bike path or whatever. To me, that's those are different people. Now, cyclists can be snobby, but I think around here we have a pretty, I think a pretty decent set of oh, yeah. cyclists out here. Good people. Oh yeah, you know. I think we have a good set. So there's, there's not, there's not much attitude out on the trails. Like anywhere you go out, like in P12, if you're out there riding around, everybody's, you know, waving and smiling for the most part. That's where the cheap Huffies and Magnas come in on the bike rider side. Where are they worth it? Maybe for those guys, they are, but maybe for the rest of the, you know, once it becomes your your sport, your hobby, the cyclist, like, yeah, you should probably up your game a little bit. Oh yeah. And, And speaking of the Magna and the Huffy real quick, uh, last, last summer I saw four or five women up by the second bench on Magnus. No, that's, that's legit though. No helmets getting it. That's done. not legit. That's not legit, but they were getting it done up there. And I was, I, when I got up there, I was like, Whoa, they made it all the way up here on these, you know, 40 pound plus 
barely operational bikes and they were laughing and giggling and they were having a good old time. You know, what's funny about that to me is like the thought process. Like, yeah, we're going to, yeah. At one point in time, they're like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go to the top of that mountain. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, we got bikes. We got bikes. Yeah. Yep. That's hilarious. Great. Oh, I was loving it. I was, and they did stoked. it. Yeah, they that's did the it. cool part. They that did was it. the crazy yeah. thing is they made it to the top. They, they made probably it never did it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it. It was that was a rough ride. For or, them. or hopefully they've come in and have oh, upgraded yeah. bikes and they're out there riding and we just don't realize who they were. I mean, they could yeah. be hardcore and keep doing it, but I mean, yeah. you know, they if they're going to, I love that because they're trying to get to that cyclist level, maybe not knowing that, but yeah. they're going to now. This is a sport. We're going to try to do something cool. Yep. And we're just not going to go in the aqueduct and check, you know, check out the pelicans and the, the ducks, you know, like yep. this is, this is fun. Maybe there's an underground group that we don't know about, like people who just, that's what they thrive on is just taking these department store bikes and just riding them everywhere. We just don't know about it. Yeah. yeah no, that's awesome. Could be a race series. I mean, that's how, it, that's what it takes to get people into the sport, right? Around here, we're not in a cyclist, like really a cyclist, you know, type of valley. Most people don't ride here. People do like Santa Clarita, see me, maybe San Diego, down by the beach, more people ride than we do here. So to get more people to see more people doing that, yeah. that's awesome. Cause I encourage that. And we, I think we all encourage that. And that's part of our lifestyle. Yeah. And we want more people out there riding. And so it's about, I mean, I do say this to a lot of people, especially, you know, since I only moved up here, you know, relatively short time ago that Palmdale really does. The AV really does have like the coolest little riding scene that you would never expect. Hundred you know, percent. I mean, totally. You wouldn't think about that. We have miles of fun trails to ride, or you know, you've got areas that you can jump out on a road bike and you know put in some good loops and get away from traffic for a yeah. bit. I mean, it really is a cool scene I that we got here. We are lucky for yeah. sure. I definitely hear a lot from people that move out of the valley and wish that they had the scene we do here where they're at now. It's just not common to have the, the scene, the trails, the, the yeah. camaraderie, the friends. Everyone's you know high fiving and hooting hollering. Oh, yeah. So. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. Um, appreciate you guys. Good time right. as always. We're gonna we'll definitely get get some more of these. Um, definitely going. I have some other ideas already cooking from today. That other things that we'll we'll get to. Um, also on the Facebook page, um, the Squeaky Wheel Riders page on Facebook, uh, we did post this, and you could comment more uh, options if things that we didn't get to that you want to hear about, or we repost, and maybe you could. Double up on that. Um, yeah, give us some stuff to talk about. Chime in because, well, we need fresh ideas. Hey, maybe you want to come sit with us and and, and uh, throw some more uh, opinions and some more uh, debatable topics. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Absolutely. Let's uh, do it. Anybody right, so, wants to come in, we'll throw their name in a hat. One lucky winner gets to be in the palatial squeaky wheel. Let's talk bike studios. Let's go. All right. So one last shout out. We did just launch our uh the squeaky wheel bike shop.com website. You guys can browse that there's deals, specials, all kinds of goodies on there that we have in stock and stuff that we can get for you. Lickety split again, the squeaky wheel bike shop.com. Also, uh, you can also sign up for our new rewards program where you get uh, 10 points for every dollar you spend, which gets you uh, more, more bucks for your bike later on. So if any questions, you know, hit us up, we'll get to you and hope you guys have, uh, have some good, uh, some sessions out there on the trails. Go ride. Yep. Ride your bike. Let's go.